Hi, this is Karen. And this is Tracy. And we are Hey, welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Um, let's just get right down to it. Let's talk about our icon, Miss Janet. Janet, if you're nasty, what did you think about that, Tracy? Ooh, well, I really liked it. I think that Janet could have given more. Um, yes. I, I think she would show her little four-year-old baby. And um, I don't know. I just think she could have gave more. I see where she's gotten her voice. She wasn't whispering. She got a little bit more loud. Don't you think you heard her a little bit better? Yes, I don't think that she was talking like Father Joe Jackson. I was proud of her for that. So yeah. I thought that was good. But my overall thought about after watching this is I thought that she was very sad. Her demeanor to me was very, very sad. And I picked mm. up, I don't know if it was a love letter to her dad, but I felt like there was, for her to do this, I felt like she was trying to get some type of healing or acceptance mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and show it to the world. Did you feel that or did you get that at all? Well, dear Karen, it felt like some kind of ode to Joe Jackson, like she was polishing him up or apologizing to him to some sort. Like my dad was a good guy. Um, he just wanted the best for his children. He worked really hard. It's almost like she was trying to clean him up. And that's okay. It's okay. All of our dads, you know, they wanted the best for us. They worked hard and all of that, but they all had their indiscretions and that's just what it was. So mm -hmm. I don't know what that was all about. It had almost turned into the Joe Jackson show alongside yeah. of the Michael Jackson show. That, that was weird. Um, I think that there was some resentment and I think that mm -hmm. she was um, forgiving him in public. I don't know if she realized that's what she was putting out, but that's kind of how it felt. She um, realized. She realized Yeah. And what about um, the chemistry that she had with Tupac? You heard Regina King said they didn't really want to talk about it, but it was definitely yeah. some chemistry. I, I, I caught that. I caught that. But Tupac spoke on that, too. He did several interviews when he talked about his kids with her and everything. So I've heard that before. But what I didn't know, Karen, was about her relationship with, what's the guy? Um, Jermaine Dupree. Yes. I knew they were in a relationship, but I didn't know how much they were in love. And really? I no child. And I was enjoy, I enjoyed his little part that he put in there about how much he loved her and all the time they spent together. I, I, I did. I, I've. I got some new information on them and some new insight on their relationship. So I like that part. Right. But you know what? I knew I had heard, you know, that they were engaged. So I figured they were pretty deep and heavy. But what I mm -hmm. didn't know is I picked up without, well, she did kind of say it, but there also was some pain because I felt like she and her brother, they were competing and she didn't mm -hmm. like that. And that was very hurtful to her. I, I got that too. But you know what? She threw shade at Michael a couple of times. She threw shade at him when um, they were talking about how they were recording that album together and how mm -hmm. they separated 
with them and put them in two different rooms to record. And she felt like it was some type of competition between them because his people didn't want her to hear what was going on. And she went in the room. So I thought that was a little shady. And then another little piece of shade she threw was when she said she only been to his house one time. That was very surprising to me because in other accounts, she spoke about how close they were. And if they were all that close, why had she only been to his home one time? And that one time was when she went with her brothers to try to get him to come on and do a tour with them or do a, 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 a what is it, a revival tour with the Jackson brothers. And she even told him that she'll open up for the show, but he wasn't with that. And she couldn't understand that. And she said he was kind of standoffish while they were asking. And she was really hurt by that. And she's also said, that's not what family does. So for her to put that out there, you know, I mean, she might've was cleaning up Joe, but she wasn't cleaning up Michael too much. Well, she, she did. Well, she was supportive, but I think that she was really hurt. Because mm -hmm. he wanted to remain the icon and the star of the family. And I think that <laughs> while I think that he was proud of her, I knew mm -hmm. he probably felt like she was equally as talented and mm -hmm. didn't want to really share the limelight. That's what mm -hmm. I think. And mm -hmm. it really did bother her because she's she was looking at him like my big brother. And, and she wanted him to be proud. And his camp was, remember, she talked about when they were recording the video that mm -hmm. his camp would not even allow her on set and they right. would cover stuff up. I can imagine that being hurtful. And she I said, what's the secret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of sad. Was there anything else that, you, that surprised you or lack thereof about well, that program? Yeah, I didn't. She talked about her brothers and Reby spoke on her behalf, Tito. Mm -hmm. But who I didn't see and who she didn't talk about was LaToya. Girl, I caught that. I caught that. What did LaToya mean anything? That mean a lot, honey. If you talk about LaToya, you're going to have to talk about LaToya's book. Yes, the Fabs remember the book, honey. That Latoya put out. I bought the book, read the book, and I think I passed it on to you. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that. That was a long time ago. And Latoya, she spoke a lot, you know, because in their family they have all these secrets, and they really don't want to um, expose themselves and talk about their family dynamics. But mm -hmm. Latoya, they remember they cut her off after she started telling it all. They sure did. And Joe and Joe would go into Reby's Remember all of those yeah, allegations? All made those ugly allegations. But honey, she didn't talk about Latoya, and I'm not going to talk about it right now either, because you know what I want to know? I want to know about that rumored baby. I, I still believe she had a baby because it took her too long to answer. What you think about that, Karen? I, I don't know. I think that if she really did, she was really acting. Now, yeah. I was reading the blogs and a lot of people, you know, I'm here in Chicago and, you know, Gary is not that far. But people mm -hmm. were saying in the blogs that um, they believe that she did 
have um, a child because somebody knew somebody who knew somebody. You know, all allegations and rumors. We don't know yeah. for sure. But, don't know for sure, but I got my belief system, honey, because the, the barges did talk after that program. And they said, his sister even said, you know, we did think that Janet was pregnant, you know, and they stood by what they said. And they just saw, thought she was pregnant. And then again, they didn't see her pregnant again. I, I, I you know, we can't. No, no, because we know how birth control does. Birth control can either make you really slim or it can make you gain weight. And then think, think about how stressful. Look, I get stressed out and start eating now about That's a good. job. So all of that pressure that she had on her and, you know, about her looks and and all she didn't. That was a lot of pressure. So that on top of taking birth control and eating and being stressed. And she did say that she was a stress eater a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So I'm leaning toward maybe she didn't. So that, you believe that's what I, I, I kind of believe her. I, and then then I want to say, no, who could hold that that long? Mm. Who could keep in secret that long? Her the daughter wouldn't come family. up. And it, let's not, you were so into Latoya's book. Let's not, let us not forget, Latoya mentioned that pregnancy. Oh, see, I don't remember. We have to dig up that old book. That was an old book. And she was doing a lot of interviews back then. I did not forget. So, yeah, but that's one <laughs> thing. I, I don't know if I bought into that. And, you know, I thought she could have showed some more footage. You know, she did a lot of tours and I really wanted her to show more background footage. What you talking about, uh, Catherine? She really loves her mom and she didn't want to rock her boat. And she's still hurting from Michael's death. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I was glad that she even had her mom on. I did. I do know that she loves her mom, but it was good to see her hugging and loving on her mom. Mm -hmm. That made her more, to me, in my opinion, normal. It made yeah. her human. Yeah. That's and, what made her human. And that little bomb bomb on top of her head made her human, too. Oh, yeah, because it was frayed, wasn't it? That little weary hair was sticking up. I said, well, Janet, you're scared. Like like I wasn't going out. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to see that. And I was all excited. And I was uh, um, couldn't wait to watch it at, with my daughter. And she was in and out of the kitchen doing different stuff. She was, I know she oh, likes Janet. God, I watched it with my daughter, too. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. I came home and had to watch it again because I don't know how I felt about watching that with my little millennial. They they something else, honey. They don't get all the fabulousness of Miss Janet. Oh, absolutely not. So you know what? Let's talk about these millennials. I don't know if I want to love them or hate them. They have a lot of good qualities, but I'm not going to start with the good qualities because they work my nerves so bad. I'm going to talk about the bad ones I see. They will not do any type of physical work. That mm. is not in their DNA. No. I had a situation where um, I had an opportunity to hire a young man and mm. he had his master's degree and he mm. begged me. He said, please hire me. I'm going to work hard. And I liked him and he was the best um, candidate, but 
I had sent him through training. He did like a week or two of training and he was acing all the tests. And as soon as his training was over that first day, he came back early. He was supposed to come in about four back mm -hmm. from what he was doing. He came back around 12. And I said, wait a minute, what are you doing here? And he said, you know what? I can't do this. I cannot do this. This is too hard. I like you. I like the company. But there's no way I could do this every day. Not to the Oh, absolutely. I prefer that. But I was in shock. I said, so after all the training, after all the begging, you told me you wanted to get out of your parents' house and you would do anything? He said, well, you know what? I'm just going to have to live with my parents a few more years because there is no way I'm going to do that. Mm. I said, wow. That is something, <laughs> Yeah, something else I noticed. Now, I don't know if this is a gender thing or not. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But the games, another guy said, oh, I was up all night. I'm tired, Karen. I said, what are you so tired from? I was up playing the games till four in the morning. And I said, you know, you have to be at work at seven and you were up playing games. Again, yeah. telling me, Lord, have mercy. And you know what? I kind of think that they're desensitized about things. I'll be in an uproar about, did you see what happened on the news, even to my own children? And they barely blink an eye. I get all excited, like, oh, this happened and that happened. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, did you guys hear me? Yeah, mom, we heard you. It's That's like they their babies. They they they're exposed to so much. Every they have been exposed to stuff since they were babies because they had that computer right at their fingertips. So yeah, they're desensitized, and nothing surprises them or shocks them. It's crazy, right? Another thing that remember our parents and grandparents would work at the steel mill for seventy two hundred years and be proud when they retired. They say you gotta be a fool to work for a company that long. <laughs> Why would you stay anywhere that long all of your life? That's crazy. Uh, and, you know, and, what'd you say? I said they don't have no loyalty, but you know, Karen, that's in their defense, that's the new culture. They have normal life, not staying at companies for a long time. These new millennials have defined their self-worth. They are a little bit more educated than us. They're more knowledgeable than us. They're more self-learned. I don't know if so much so more so than us, but like again, they have so much at their fingertips and they are not trying to be loyal to these companies. And these companies now are not trying to be loyal to them. You know, we find parents Patterns. Our parents would say, you know, go to a company, stay there and work for years and, you know, get your retirement and, and make sure you get a good retirement and great benefits. And that's what they told us. And that's what we looked for. But this generation under us, the millennials, hey, what defines a millennial while we're talking about it? So I can know I'm talking about the right people. I think it's well, I have it right here. These millennials, they broke them up. They broke them up and they call them the younger millennials and the older millennials. The younger ones is between the ages, Karen, of 25 and 32. And then we got that older millennial who are between the ages of 33 and 40. So it's mm. that, 
It's that group that feels a sense of entitlement is what I like to say. Don't you think they entitled? Yeah, they come in telling you what what they think, how they can change things. And and mm-hmm. they're not going to wait. They want instant change mm-hmm. right away. And if it's not done, they are out of there. Okay. Um, but one thing that I do like about them is that I see this generation of millennials, they are we have more entrepreneurs with them. Mm-hmm. They um, don't like nine to fives. They like starting their own businesses, which I think is wonderful. Um, I think that they're very creative with making money. They know how to hustle a little differently than we did. Like, but you know, we didn't have a DoorDash and we didn't have all these Instacarts and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. If they want to make some quick money, they'll jump in their cars. I, I like that. Um, well, and- I, 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 I beg to differ just a little bit, Karen, because. You said that they they do have they like to hustle, but they don't have the hustle in them. They'll start something, and I don't think they'll finish it. Some of them, and some I think we I think we had more hustle in us because we would get to a job without a car. We'll find a way. I I I know some millennials who won't take a great paying job because it don't offer them to work from home, and I think this COVID didn't help them. They they think. They are supposed to work from home and not leave home. It's wild to me. It's wild to me. Well, the one thing I like about them, too, I was talking about all the things that I like about them. Uh They do not tolerate a hostile work environment. If they Mm -hmm. find that you're asking them to do something that they don't like, they're going to tell you right now, I'm not coming back. (laughs) They don't have to. They don't have to. They do not believe in working for a company 50 trillion years. And even if they do find a position out there now, it's more companies. They have choices. We didn't have as many choices. Well, yes. And and they'll stay for two years. Mm -hmm. That's the longest that I've seen that people who are, you know, want to climb the ladder. Mm -hmm. Two years, I noticed that that's how long it takes them and, and, and they're out. I, I, you know, and I, I guess that's good. I like that about them. And and they're more in tune to maybe their spirituality, like the whole manifestation of vision boards and they speak things into existence. I like that. I, I like too. that. I, I like that they're more conscious too. They're more yeah. con- spiritually, um, uh, re- uh, spiritually, as far as religion, um, about themselves racially, you know, they're more aware and they're not afraid to speak on their uh, new knowledge that they have. Another thing that I like about them, Karen, they address issues that we weren't allowed to address and they will bring it to your attention. I have had my own daughter to tell me, mom, you are traumatized or mom, maybe you need therapy for that. You know, and I used to look at them and say, y'all just weak. Ain't nothing wrong with y'all. But I had to come to a point where I had to accept that that was good that they were acknowledging that there were problems that need to be addressed. So that that one thing about them that I do like. Wow, we can pat ourselves on the back. I'm sorry to cut you Uh off. That that comes from us. That comes from how we raise them. We Mm -hmm. raise them to be able to be in tune with their feelings. 
And we raise them to be able to speak to us and have conversations with us. Mm -hmm. So that could be a good thing or bad. As long as if you know it's respectful, then it's fine. But I love that they're they're more in tune with their feelings. Our generation, mm -hmm. things happen to us, the trauma, the things that we don't want to talk about, we just sweep them under the rug. They will rip that rug and expose everything and say, look, oh yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I like you know, about that. I think that's because I, I don't know about you, Karen, but I know about I know how I was. My mother, that generation, they didn't talk a lot to us about certain things. And I made a vow that when I would have children, we were going to be open and honest with one another. And we were going to address issues. We were going to talk about things, um, even things as simple as sex. You know, um, I, I, let me tell you, I'm just going to put it out there. My mother didn't even discuss periods with us, you know, just regular women things. And everything. I was open with my children. So I do, I think you're right on that part that it's because of what we were willing to give them that we didn't have. It could be a blessing and it can be a curse. It made them more aware, but it's also, I think, made them um, privileged um, generation, privileged and entitled. And those are the things that, those are two characteristics of them that I don't love so much. I love the fact that they don't, they feel like they don't have to put up with stuff because we did take a lot that we shouldn't have taken. Um, but I don't like that they, they want everything to be instant and quick and come to them. They like fast money and quick, instant, you know, uh, success. Well, think about it this way. I remember um, because they have Google, they have everything, the microwave, Google, the internet. I mm -hmm. took my kids to the library and I remember uh, my daughter and son said, you got to be kidding. If you <laughs> information, you had to look to find what book it was in. Mm -hmm. And it's like 70 million books in here. How do you the know where to look? And I said, we have the Dewey system. Remember that? Yes. I said, it's a whole way of doing this. And they said, oh, mom, we feel sorry for you all and your, your generation. <laughs> we had to do too much work. I remember um, I cooked a Thanksgiving dinner. And soon after, my microwave broke the next day. So my daughter said, this was some years ago. Mm -hmm. oh, man, all, you cook so much food. We got to throw this food away. And I said, what are you talking about? We have to throw the food away. And she said, well, how are we going to warm it? And I said, in the oven? And she <laughs> said, well, how long is that going to take? So we're going to dip stuff up, put it in. The I said, no, you just put it in the pan and warm it from the oven. And she said, that's going to take like 30 minutes. And I said, and I said, she was like, oh, no, oh, no, I'll just please order me something. I don't have time to wait, but do all of that. And I said, wow, they don't know anything about waiting for stuff. They don't know. They don't know how to wait. They don't know how to make stuff happen. I had an instance like that years ago with my son. The ice maker in our refrigerator had broken and he was like, well, you know, call dad and tell him to pick up some ice because we like our drinks cold. 
And I was like, no, just put put a um, bowl of ice in there, the, you know, the mixing bowl. I said, fill that with water. What that's going to do? How am I going to get ice from there? I said, you, you freeze that. When it got out, they were amazed that I took that big block of ice, put it in a plastic bag and cracked it up and we had ice. They, they, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just push the button on the refrigerator and the ice just coming out. It's 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 all so crazy to me. Wait, here's another Here's another quick one that I got this one from my girlfriend Yolanda. We used to laugh about it all the time. How we thought that we were showing our kids something when we um, had that Jiffy popcorn. I was like, look, kids, pop, 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 pop. It's popping in the pot. And they were yeah. like, okay, we put the little kernels in the pot. I thought they yeah. were going to be excited about that. And they was like, just put it in the microwave next time. I yeah. said, um, so my little project was nothing, meant nothing. It took too long. They were not fascinated. And I said, wow, this is a right now type of generation. Right. They are. So you know what? In in ending on that, we're going to end on that. So I'm not sure which way I'm going to lean, but I I think I'm going to let them be fabulous. I I think that they are doing a good job. They have some things we don't like, but overall, I think that I like the old millennials. What do you think? I'm a, I'm a like them too. I'm a like them. They get on my nerves. I'm not going to even lie. They get on my nerves. You can't tell them anything, but I'm going to like them. Oh, good. And uh, these millennials over here, even their friends, and when they come over here and visit, I don't like the millennials that keep taking my chargers. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> My blocks and chargers, I have to hide them. So we're gonna yeah, we end that. that later. These millennials <laughs> gonna let us close our show. We can talk about them forever. Yeah. Ever. So thank you for listening to this episode. Please follow us and find us on Spotify and give us a nice rating. Um, just keep being you and remember that being you never you gets old. Bye bye. Oh,